giving you a choice. Either put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. Not this year. Okay. All right. everyone welcome to the real boys uh the only podcast where we got eight people together so we could talk about all of our favorite movies one after the other my name is dylan zach do you have a sound effect i'm zach okay i think <laughs> you're gonna ratch the uh, rack the shotgun okay i was going to but i think the safety's <laughs> i don't know how these nerf guns it's weird on that one i remember oh, anyway. yeah <laughs> You're watching The Real Boys, where we talk about <laughs> movies. I'm your host this week, Dylan, because this is my number two movie, They Live, uh, directed by John Carter. It wasn't written by him, but it was... Uh, it, was not, it was not written by John. It was not directed it wasn't John by John Carter, Carter John from Carpenter. Mars. I'm off to a great start. <laughs> John Carter. <laughs> <laughs> all the way from Barsoom. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all about aliens, whatever. Anyway, yeah. directed by John Carpenter. It was released in 1988. It's got Rowdy Roddy Piper. It's got Keith David. It's got Meg Foster in it. And it's about what happens when someone puts on sunglasses that show them that the world is controlled by capitalist aliens. And Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tight 90 minutes, uh, three act structure, pretty basic, but it's uh, kind of over. It's a little over the top. It's a little under animated a little bit. Everybody's kind of playing low for a lot of the movie. Yeah. And, uh, Otherwise, everybody except your main character. <laughs> everybody except your main Ooh. character is kind of playing to the uh, front row. He is giving it the business, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, it follows Rowdy Roddy Piper's unnamed drifter character. He goes into L.A. He realizes he stumbles onto like an underground kind of rebellion against someone. Finds a pair of sunglasses, puts those sunglasses on. Everything turns grayscale. He sees advertisements for what they really are and uh, fights some aliens, kind of. Kind that's of. It. That's kind. Of, that's kind of the entirety of the movie. Um, yeah. It's kind of a. <laughs> I hey, figured it out. figured it out. All right. Yeah, I figured it out. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So I am here tonight myself. We've got Zach and Michael and Dan Levely. Dan, how you doing today? Ooh. Hey, yes. how's it going, guys? Doing well. Welcome to the Smokes show. Smokes up in the house. Uh, yeah, it's been a minute. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, Dylan, uh, you you went yes. over a bunch of things, but as a uh, as a as a fan of Dune, I was pretty surprised that you didn't mention who wrote this movie, uh, who or who was credited to write this movie. Oh, I don't because have it in his, front of me actually. You don't have that in front of you, Mister. Uh, okay, so honestly, uh, so the the name of the person that was credited with writing this movie uh, is uh, Frank Armitage. Uh, now, Frank Armitage is, if you're a fan of H.P. Lovecraft, uh, Henry Armitage is a character in Lovecraft, uh, the Dunwich Horrors. And as uh, a lot of people, even like David Lynch, when he directed the original Dune, uh, he didn't credit himself because he wasn't very proud of, <laughs> of what he was doing. Uh, because John Carpenter co-wrote this with his wife uh, and partner at the time, he didn't feel that one person should have a name and it wasn't sure if that was a good thing. So they went with Fra uh, Frank Armitage, uh, hmm. which is a very weird uh, Lovecraftian reference, but I thought that, I don't know why. There's some weird trivia and weird information you can find <laughs> about this movie. There is. What's the, uh, what's the placeholder name a lot of screenwriters use when they're not proud of what they've written? Uh, that's like... the one, yeah, that's the one that, um, that, that he did for Dune. Um, yeah. Oh, I forget. Uh, that. I, I, uh, yeah, I forget. I scam know. likely? I don't know. No. Um, scam likely. That guy calls me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Does he? It's like yeah, five times a day. Guy. He sends me a lot of emails. <laughs> but uh, we have. It's based originally on a short story, a little six-page short story called uh, Eight O'clock in the Morning" by Ray Nelson, which was published in one of those old magazines in the '60s, which is also about a guy who gets woken up by a hypnotist and sees that some people around him are aliens and commits some uh, 
what would appear to be horrific murders and breaks into a TV station, broadcasts the message, frees everybody, and then, you know, dies at eight o'clock in the morning. Spoiler alert. So, I would believe that this was based off of a six page story because the pace of this movie is, I would say, a uh, snail's pace. <laughs> And this and that's fine. This is not a complaint. Um, But the soundtrack also definitely plays into that because this is the most like laid back jazzy soundtrack you will ever hear. And I am totally into it. It's like just slow, like double bass just like yeah it's it's so weird like you know when when you think about like the most famous scene ever uh which is the you know him fumbling into a bank um and it's like i'm here to chew chew bubble gum and kick some out you know uh i i I forgot that that weird little like (laughs) it's, it's almost like a beverly hills cop theme going on behind him now, the first time I heard that was I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass was Duke Nukem. Mm-hmm. Like yep. back in like the I think it was like the 90s. So was this before? Yeah. Like this yeah. originated so, from okay. Yeah. So this originated by Rowdy Roddy Piper. And the cool thing is that this uh this line isn't in the script. Uh apparently John Carpenter was such a fan of Roderick Thomas, <laughs> uh, aka Rowdy Roddy Piper, that he found a notebook that Roddy would carry around with him where uh, he would just write down random insults that he was going to throw at wrestlers. And, yes. and and if you hear Roddy saying anything in the movie that's kind of just crazy or wrestler talk, it's because like John Carpenter found this book, was a huge wrestling fan, <laughs> and made him, A, made him do the pile driver in the movie. That was a John Carpenter request. <laughs> He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the coolest, longest fight scene in cinema history, and it's going to have a pile driver in it. Um, it's definitely the longest. <laughs> I mean, it's- what, seven minutes. What a great scene. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, a good scene. <laughs> So we talked a little bit about the music. This was also scored by John Carpenter and a guy named Alan Howarth, Howarth, who's worked with John Carpenter before and does a whole lot of other stuff. But John Carpenter scores a lot of his own movies. And now that he doesn't make movies anymore, he's on tour as a musician. And he's been releasing albums for like the past 10, 15 years. Yeah. He's always I, described his scores as like audible wallpaper because he, yeah. he doesn't pay much mm-hmm. attention to them. He just kind of puts on like, boom, boom, boom like very western influenced minimalist scores yeah i remembered this score being like a synth heavy like like uh like what he did in uh, i'm trying to think of like some of the movies but like he does a lot of like synth heavy stuff and i was thinking that that was in this too (laughs) but it is not this because this is like this is like straight like it would have came out of Twin Peaks <laughs> was that was this score to this movie. And I was like, wow, this makes it so much better. This might be John Carpenter's best movie. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think I'm going to agree with you on this one. Uh, there's so many. We- though I've always had this movie in my brain as like a movie that I've loved. And it's because of like the weird sci-fi thing, you know, talking to Dylan, obviously, uh, if you ask him, like, this is a concept that I would pitch to Dylan. Like, hey, there's uh, glasses that make you see aliens. Um, but what I what I did not realize until this this last rewatch is how anti-republican this movie is and how anti-reagan this movie is and (laughs) how so like in in today's values this movie makes so much more sense now to think that like he was trying to touch on homelessness um and that's why the main character's name is nada which is obviously spanish for you know uh nothing uh, Mm -hmm. or zero because he wanted roddy piper to be a blank slate he wanted him to be just a nothing normal american so much so that apparently he didn't even give roddy piper a backstory he told roddy like john carver told roddy's like hey i want you to go home tonight think of the entire life of this character but don't tell anybody only you know about this so like it but this movie, like even the extras were actual homeless people because they filmed in a homeless shelter area and he paid all of them what extras would get paid because he he was like this the story meant so much to him as what he meant to be, which is anti-republican and anti-like establishment. The the problem is that some 
absolute D-bags uh, <laughs> took this movie and uh, uh, made it theirs because they think that for some reason, aliens are Jewish people, which is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. This movie is this clearly anti-Republican and it's uh, yeah. very specifically anti-Reagan. Like, oh, yeah. To like John Carpenter has come out and said that this is specifically targeting the what what do you call it the Reagan, not Reaganomics, but something about how Reagan kind of reshaped things and how mm -hmm. everything got commercialized. And you can see that in I think um, George Buck Flowers' character, the homeless guy who becomes the collaborator, how he becomes mm -hmm. part of it, and he's like, "We're on the losing side, isn't it? Okay to have something nice?" And it's like, "Well, is it like?" If you're on the losing side of this thing, um, how much do you sell out before you become too much of a sellout? And I think yeah, John Carpenter has the right cynicism to tackle this without it being it's very clearly on the nose. But yeah. it never, I don't think I don't think it becomes too much. At least I, my I, taste. I agree. I mean, it is an 80s movie, so it has like that kind of like sheen over it, which is like. All right, I see what you're doing. You're an 80s movie. But like the, the cool thing that I found out in, in researching this movie this week was he would show people, like show executives this, like the parts that he filmed and his script. And the executives would say things to him. And he was like, perfect. And he actually took their sayings and put that into the script. <laughs> uh, like there was one person. Um, oh, I had it right here for a second. Uh, there was one person that told him... Uh, so it's like a, a universal executive questioned why the aliens were not, say, uh, turning poor people into food, as in Swilling Green. When John Carpenter explained that he wanted the aliens to be after, like, our businesses, the executive replied, well, where's the threat in that? We all sell out every day. And Carpenter threw that exact line into, into the movie. <laughs> as every person he talked to was the person he was making fun of in this movie, which is so, so smart. Yeah, so um, Dan, you had not seen this movie before, correct? No, this is my first time. Cool. Wow. What, what are your first thoughts having watched this? Like overall, it was it was good. I liked it. Like I enjoyed it. It was I had that '80s nostalgia about it, which I like about movies. That's why Hills Advisor was in my top five. But it's and it's a John Carpenter movie too, which is another grab. And plus, it had Hot Rod Roddy Roddy Piper in it, so <laughs> you got to throw it in there. And the fight scenes, the long fight scene that they had in the back alley, was amazing. I could have watched that the rest of the movie. Like it could have just went, it could have just went entire fight scene, roll credits, and that would have been like, no, this is no, great. No, the, no, the, no, beginning, no. the beginning of <laughs> it that could scene could not have done that. <laughs> the beginning of that scene is one of my favorite movie lines of all time, which Zach put in today's intro, which is put on the glasses or start eating that trash can. I'm going to give you a choice. <laughs> it, it is I, so blunt and needless, and it's so good. I don't understand why he has such a hard time getting everybody to put on the sunglasses. It's like, they're sunglasses. He can't get this woman to put on the sunglasses. He can't get Keith <laughs> David to put on the sunglasses. It's just like fucking put on the sunglasses yeah. you i mean to everybody, put them on. yeah to everybody he's just a crazy homeless man saying try my sunglasses on look aliens i'm like no i'm gonna no. probably walk away from you yeah but like <laughs> in 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 the uh i forget the woman's name but in her case like he's in her apartment with guns and it's like i mean she even says you know i'll you know, I'll put these on, but I'm going to see what you see no matter what. It's like, fine, then just put the fucking on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, it? but that drove me crazy this time. <laughs> it. it was the 80s. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're going to chase me down the alley trying to put, get my sunglasses on him. No. Yeah. It's not like he was asking them to like take a pill or right. like, get an injection. He was just asking them to put some sunglasses on. <laughs> Whoop. hold on i accidentally did something wrong anyway we're good um <laughs> you didn't I end the, the broadcast like somebody did a couple weeks ago i did not hey, end the listen, broadcast. i was <laughs> on my cell phone by a trash compactor at least i showed up <laughs> there's um the cool one of the cool things about this movie is the poster. Like I, you know, coming from Blockbuster and Regal Cinema and stuff, uh, this poster is is so weirdly striking, but also has the most amount of words on it for a tagline. Uh, and if 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 you don't know, uh, the poster says, "You see them on the street. You watch them on TV. You might even vote for one this fall. You think they're people just like you. You're wrong. 
dead wrong. Like, w- why put that on a poster? That's crazy. Because you're John Carpenter, yeah. and John Carpenter does what John Carpenter is going to do. And he doesn't give a fuck if it's, like, not concise. He doesn't care if it's not what people want to see. John Carpenter makes what John Carpenter wants to make. And that's all there is to it. And that's why John Carpenter is like one of the absolute best directors and writers, I think, in movies ever, (laughs) because he makes what he wants to make and damn how much money his movies are going to make and damn, you know, how critics are going to think of his movies. And I think that's something special that not many people have. So that's the tagline he wanted his movie to have. So that's the tagline his movie was going to have. <laughs> and if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's this fair. this movie is one of uh, one of Carpenter's most successful like releases. It spent mm-hmm. some time in, to- in the top 10. It opened at number one. And yeah. it, I mean, made made 13 million on a three million dollar budget back in 88, which is really good. So here's but, the weird thing about that. So yeah. it opened at number one, spent two weeks at number one, and then mysteriously left theaters. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It only spent two weeks to three weeks in theaters and still made $13 million, $88, which I think is like $14 Seven million billion dollars now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but John Carpenter is one of those interesting filmmakers who makes what a lot of execs would probably consider flops mm-hmm. and yet still comes back to make these movies that have stayed in pop culture for a long time. And, you know, you've got the thing Halloween, obviously, I, you know, it has a bunch of like, it has a bunch of sequels, which we don't necessarily need to like consider or talk about or anything. Uh, Escape from New York is great. You've got um, Assault on Precinct 13. Like he's done a whole bunch of stuff. I just watched Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. again. I have a hot take on that. Escape from L.A. is way more fun. (laughs) I think that's a way better movie. Well, any any 90s movies that have basketball scenes in them is always (laughs) a top a top notch movie. Plus, uh, uh, Escape from L.A. has uh, Bruce Campbell in it. So that's also an extra added bonus. Oh, yeah. yeah, But yeah, uh, John Carpenter, like I put this in my top five because it's it's reckless it's not reckless it's um really really well paced as far as structure goes like you got the half minute mark which is the destruction of the drifter camp and when he puts on the sunglasses you got the 60 minute mark which is when he gets keith david there and then in the alley fight and then from that point onward it is all escalation to the climax and then it's over like it it, ha- it cuts to the scene in the bedroom and you get the last line of the movie which is what's wrong baby cuts to black so Michael. stupid. <laughs> it's the it's the low point of this movie because it's not it doesn't fit in with this movie anywhere. <laughs> there is no reason for this last scene. It doesn't make sense in this movie. Dan, do you agree with Michael? Do you think that this last I, scene sticks I think out? If it would have happened in like a real if all this was real life and it would have happened somewhere, somehow, a couple would have been doing that exact same thing and it would, she would have been like oh 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 shit oh yeah no i, I, I <laughs> but, mean absolutely yeah, that would have happened somewhere but right. it it doesn't it doesn't belong in this movie it doesn't fit in this movie it, it just doesn't fit in this movie like and i'm not i'm not opposed to like nudity or sex scenes in movies but a gratuitous thing to end your movie just it makes no sense and it was like every time i watch this movie it strikes me as why is this in this movie oh so now you're questioning john carpenter zach would you agree or do you think michael's being a prude michael is always being a prude uh keep in mind this is an 80s movie it is so far different than everything john carpenter was making and uh, i i think that to end it on a very weird jarring note just makes sense because what is this movie that like the hero is a nobody he's just a, yeah. like a, a grifter you know and he's like ah then he hears church people talking one day and it's like i guess i'll put these glasses on and then he fights a man in the back alley shoots up a bank and then I guess he wins. Yeah. Kills a lot. He kills a lot of cops, though, too. Yeah, aliens, alien cops. cops. But yeah, they're probably yeah. They're, they're, he yeah. does let the one human cop go. Yes, yeah. that's true. Yeah, 
Um, uh, interesting bit of trivia. John Carpenter originally wanted to cast jo- uh, Kurt Russell as Nada instead of, of Robbie course Adam he did. Which yeah, he decided not to because he felt he should cast someone else after the last three movies he made featured <laughs> Kurt Russell. Yeah, and the next, and the next three, I think. I mean, and <laughs> it, it, honestly. This is Roddy Piper's best role, like, by a long shot. He's the best in this movie. He's still not great. Like, Kurt Russell would have been a way better actor, but something about Roddy Piper in this movie works. Like, I was even thinking if they would have switched Keith David and Roddy Piper, it might have made it better. But also there's something about Roddy Piper in this movie doing his Roddy Piper thing that worked so well that even if you put the better actor in Keith David as the main role and Roddy Piper as the, the back, like the, the secondary character, it wouldn't have worked as well. Um, but I couldn't stop thinking about what if they would have switched it. (laughs) Because if, if you did have a Kurt Russell in here, it would end up being like a uh, like a falling down kind of movie where it would really like lean too hard on the like on the acting ability and like the acting of it, you know. Whereas this movie, because you have a professional wrestler, because you give him the opportunity to make up his own backstory, because you give him really improvisational like freedom, you have somebody that re- just gives it a hunt i can't think of the last time an actor gave a movie this much of mm-hmm. themselves and like this percentage that he just goes at it uh i haven't uploaded a couple of clips if if, if uh, um i try to get i try to get a real so like there's one clip where uh i, I was trying to get this one my favorite scene of this movie i think is when he's in the grocery store and he's looking at something and like a woman bumps into him and he's like you look like you fell in like <laughs> cheese gym in 1947. 1947. <laughs> and then he looks at somebody and goes, You, you're fine, you're normal, but you formaldehyde face. <laughs> for some reason, he just stumbles over a can of soup. It's like, what what is happening here? Like he just backs into like a display yeah. in the grocery store. Uh, dude, it's such a weird, weird scene. But yeah, he dude, he gives it his all. And even when he goes into the bank and he's like, he says this thing. The first thing that happens is a cop shoots out. <laughs> <He's> like, <"What?" laughs> that that scene, like when he comes in and he, you know, he just comes in. He's like, I've come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. And it doesn't again, it doesn't make any sense there. <laughs> yeah, it has no relevance <laughs> to the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, so he, It's he, so weird that he, he goes in mean- and says it. But he has, a, he has another punchline too, and it's like life's a bitch and she's in heat or something like that. <laughs> yes. And I was yes. like, this is hilarious. And this this movie, I think, I think it needs this because I think you're right. If Kurt Russell would have been in this, it would have been it would have like leaned too heavy into the drama. Like, we need that camp from Roddy Piper just eating the scenery in every move in every scene in this movie. We need that to, to keep it more lighthearted because this could be a heavy movie but because of roddy piper it's not like it 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 straddles that line perfectly yeah and and i uploaded this clip because i i just i i love the fact that everyone's memory of this movie is chew bubblegum and kick some ass but i don't think they remember the soundtrack that goes with it so i'm gonna play a quick clip real fast uh just so that you guys and uh turn turn your speakers up because the soundtrack is so for some reason unremarkable it's I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. <laughs> it's like instant. Like, bam! That's Immediately the cop just shoots at him. He's like, oh, this it's, glasses. It's and even like John Carpenter's scores, like even the the synth heavy like weird pop stuff that he doesn't like Halloween and it's still it's still not much there's not much to his score but they fit the scenes in his movies so perfectly 
it's like only John Carpenter can score John Carpenter movies because he knows in his head exactly what he wants this scene to look like and sound like and feel like. And if he had like, if he, if like a Danny Elfman score would have went with this movie, but it wouldn't have been the same. Like you could have put some Danny Elfman music in this movie and it would have been fine, but it wouldn't have made this movie what it actually is. It's all, it's all atmosphere. Sorry. I don't mean to get, no, 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 that's fine. That was pretty much (laughs) what I was about to say. Like it, it's all just like, it fits what he's doing. And like I said, this movie does not move. This is not a fast paced movie. Even that, even the big fight scene in this movie, there's no like big fights against a bunch of aliens, which you would think there would be. There's not. And even that big fight scene in the alleyway is so slow. Like it never really goes. It's just a long drawn out, and I, I do have to say props to the makeup department during that fight scene, because like Keith David has all these like, 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 uh, like road rash things. Like there is a, a scab on the back of his head that looks so gnarly. And I'm like, that looks uh, like I was wondering the whole time. Is this, did he really scrape the back of his head against the <laughs> pavement? Because it looks really good and gross and it's like pink. It, it's just, yeah. ho- it's horrible looking. And I'm like, wow, great job. Makeup department. If he didn't in fact scrape <laughs> the back of his head. Yeah. It, 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 it kind of like, John- look real. Yeah. So apparently when John Carpenter found out, that uh keith david knew like had done boxing for a while he like took roddy piper and they actually like hey he made roddy piper and keith david go to diners together in character which is very very weird uh because they would come back and john card like what'd you guys talk about (laughs) like uh we were in character we were just two guys at a diner um but apparently they worked on that, that that fight scene for about two months because what Carpenter wanted. He said he hates in movies when there's a fight scene in an alley, and all of a sudden everybody knows kung fu and everyone knows karate, and it's like punch, 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 jump off this. He goes, two real men fighting in an alley over something stupid would be kind of drawn out and almost boring in an interesting way. And I, I agree. I mean, that fight scene, and because this movie has such a weird pace, the fight scene works so perfectly in there. Yeah, and. Like you can tell that there's two different styles. You can tell that, that the guys involved in this fight both know what they're doing, but they're both doing different things. Like Piper is grappling and, and Keith David is throwing punches. And the other thing about it is it's disgusting. Like they're in this dirty alley with like a, like a mud puddle running through the middle of it. And they're like, the back of Roddy Piper's like flannel, it gets all like wet and gross and they look like they're stinky at the end of it. And it's like (laughs) movie, like people who make movies don't do this shit. They don't make these guys look gross after a fight scene, but these guys looked gross. And then when they're walking, you know, they're walking down the street afterwards and they both look like they just smell and they're like, everybody's like avoiding them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, again, Carpenter, one of the only people who, who keeps those small details in what he's doing. And it's like perfection. Yeah. It's like their faces when they were walking around, you can actually tell like no other movie would do that. It would just be like a little scrape here to scrape there. And then mm-hmm. they're still pretty, but no, they look like, they got the hell beat out of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and this is another movie where these are two good looking guys. Like Roddy Roddy Piper is good looking. Keith David's good looking. But they're not afraid to make them look gross. It's like Tom Hardy in, in those Venom movies. Like they're not afraid to make him look gross either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so sweaty in those. Yeah. He's so sweaty, really sweaty and oily. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, just so, so wet. Yeah. You know, you can find the uh, screenplay for this online for educational purposes, and the section for the alleyway fight is five pages of 
the fight continued. <laughs> 80, the yes. fight continued. 81, yeah. the fight continued. 82, <laughs> continued. The fight continued. <laughs> finally, and then it finally breaks into the, like specific action. But they were having <laughs> such a good time doing, like just filming this. It took them three weeks to rehearse, apparently. But wow. yeah, so they just had a, such a great time. They're like, well, yeah, we're going to keep all of this in. You guys just do what you're going to do. <laughs> It's like, let's and do the entire fight scene and then, there you go. Mm-hmm. And then amazingly, in a park, like in an alleyway full of parked cars, Roddy Piper hits the, the back windshield out of Keith David's car. Amazingly. <laughs> to keep <laughs> I, that fight going. <laughs> I love yeah. that moment, too, because they both have this realization where it's like, whoa, we escalated a little further than we intended. It's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> David just comes but then him. at the same time, you broke the back windshield out of my car <laughs> right. and I'm a broke ass construction mm-hmm. worker. It was it was <laughs> it was almost like every time the fight could have could have stopped. Like Rowdy Piper did something that just pissed it could have pissed him off more. It's like, dang it, and just kept going at him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. It, I and I, then, and I even so, said it. Like I said it on uh, like on my social media stuff when I was posting about it. Uh, it was like first act escalation, second act alleyway fight, third act <laughs> resolution, like. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's that's classic storytelling right there. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean Perfect. that second act is that fight, and it does it it's the turning point of the movie yeah. because that is, you know, it, even though it takes forever to happen, that is what gets Keith David to put on those sunglasses and see what's going on, and that lets the movie continue. Mm-hmm. So yeah. despite the fact that it is excruciatingly long, um it, it's still it, it's still what needs to happen there yeah because it's the, it's the first time i think that these two men like felt respected by somebody they felt respected they felt trusted they felt on even ground you know roddy piper finally like i said his character is not a, he is a nobody from nowhere and for the first time ever he has a partner he has like a person he wanted to, you know to, to hop on board with him and now they have this trust and i think it's a it's a cool weird scene in the middle of this very weird movie and then after the fight movie kind of i don't want to say slows down but it definitely kind of unwinds from here because you have you have the fight scene now everybody's on even ground they kind of hole up for a little bit and they go to a meeting of rebellion people who have clearly kind of been doing this for a while. And all the rebellion stuff comes out of like, it's not a focus. It's not some like wide reaching conspiracy. It feels like just a bunch of people hanging out in LA and they have, you know, uh, contact lenses, which work. And you find out that, um, oh, what's her name? Holly, Holly Thompson played by Meg Foster has kind of shown up and she kind of forgives Rowdy Piper for uh, kidnapping her. Then they get attacked. Um, How did you guys feel about the portrayal of this kind of like underground rebellion against these aliens who control everything in here? Anybody? It it was weird that they kind of gave them like a religious point of view because like it it felt like something about it felt religious to me, which I thought was very odd because I think the proof of aliens would negate most people's idea of God. Um, but I think anytime that there are uh, people that can see the truth of something, uh, they're going to be out there. Um, and except there is a sect of people that figured this out, that knows what's going on and uh, uh, wants just more conversation about it. I think that, I think it makes sense. And I, I, I dig it, you know, <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, I didn't feel like there was too uh, the like the religious part of it didn't seem like it was really the the thing that they were going after. Like they met in a church, you know, the the street preacher guy was like preaching, but it never felt like it was overly religious. It felt like meeting at a church was the like the safest place for them to meet because it's like that's where people meet. They just meet at churches. So that that felt, you know, that felt yeah, but, right but, to me. 
Yeah, I mean, to, to me, it just it kind of read like how you think about early Christians, where like they don't really want to talk to a lot of people. They have their signs. They meet in certain places. It's like, hey, we you know not everyone should. Uh, we can't trust everyone with this information, but we know what's really going on here, you know. So that that's kind of how I I took it. Um, but yeah, it it yeah, I guess it's not as religious as. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, I also get, you know, the religious part of it is there, but but it, it felt more like, you know, it was a it was a cover up for what they were actually doing. But it, it did seem weird to me in that in that scene, because they bust in and break this place up and like all of these people who have been in this rebellion for years, apparently just fell like a bunch of chumps like they had no idea what they were doing and then the the new people you know the rowdy the rowdy roddy pipers and the keith davids who the only just two that sort lived. of just figured out what they what was going on they're the ones who escaped not the ones who you know were were dealing with this stuff for years well thanks for the contacts see you guys later yeah <laughs> kind of it, it i mean this movie is so like heavy on theme that it might be some reference to like, you have to have a really like really organized, cohesive plan because you see them kind of talking amongst themselves about like, we can't be doing this sloppy and stuff like that. And then you see where that sloppiness gets them. Yeah. Um, if there was to be a remake of this, you guys think that religion would play a much more present tone in how the aliens kind of like act? No, I think no. if they put more religion into this, it would probably turn people away from it. Yeah, but yeah, like like uh, like Michael said earlier, I really didn't grasp the religion part of it. <laughs> it was just pretty much if it was if aliens were going to take infiltrate Earth, this is pretty much how they would do it. So, if they haven't already, who knows? Yeah, yeah, I, and, I don't. Uh, I don't think there'd be. I don't think there'd be as much religion. I think it'd be more kind of like hackers versus uh, certain things, um, like computer people versus aliens. Uh, because you know, if you just put like a virus into an alien mothership, uh, usually that takes care of all problems. Um, so that's probably what they would work on. We did see yeah. that in the biopic, uh, if mm-hmm. Independence Day, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Patriot Patriot Games. Great um, reason. Uh, reason we have fireworks. Hackers. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not big on remakes. Not because like I'm against. Like I'm not against updating things. But this movie, it, I I feel like it would be like the RoboCop remake, where you know, where they sort of take all the heart out of it and they they skip over the theme of what the movie is actually about. Like if they redid, they live maybe with like a Nicholas cage or something, somebody who could give us that, that rowdy pipe. No, I'm not, I'm not saying Nicholas cage. I'm saying somebody who could give that, that 120%, you know, over the top energy. Um, but they would really need to stick to those themes. And I just feel like, movies are so like are so like clean now that they would miss the point of this movie like everything would be too clean and and we're just like we're not PC. I, I, PC. I, I think it I don't think it has. I don't think it would have anything to do with PC either. <laughs> PC culture called <laughs> mad right now. Um, because this movie I mean is pretty goddamn pc i would say <laughs> um, I, I, I disagree with you a hundred percent this movie is not pc uh i don't know about, about politically correct but i mean if you think about it, the aliens are all uh white well-off people uh that live in a, a fancy place anybody that is of color lives in justiceville which is like their shanty town which is next to you know uh, uh like little mexico or whatever the spanish part is um <laughs> this movie is is nothing but gentrification uh a, a white supremacy really uh but done in a weird alien way um yes but but yeah. but those like those rich people are the villains of this movie like 
that's what I'm that's what I'm saying about well, PC. Like the the homeless people and the people who can see what's going on, these are the like the the forgotten members of society, but they're the ones who are doing the right thing. They're the ones who we're rooting for in this movie. This is not, you know, this is a case of white supremacy, but those people are the bad guys. <laughs> like those people are the aliens who are trying to take everything over. Well, I mean, th I think there's actually two, there's two villains of this movie. There is the aliens, which is very clear, but there's also like the rich white people that, I think might know what's happening, but yeah. still, like, oh, yeah, taken. Yeah, and, hush, hush know, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and those they, are your villains. The <laughs> I mean, you, you don't yeah. get any more PC than making rich white people your villains. Not in the not, not in the 80s, not <laughs> any time. <laughs> not any time. That's fair. That's fair. Going, but going I go for it, Zach. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, no, going go you you finish up because the mine is gonna pivot the conversation a little bit. Well, I was gonna say that I think a remake uh, would maybe not a remake. I think a sequel. Uh, and Dylan and I have have pitched to each other uh, the, the idea of they still live. We have this I nascent idea floating around. Yeah. I would yeah. love that. I would love a sequel to this movie. We're, I don't yeah. think we'll get into it here necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, but Michael, if there was a director to do a remake, reboot, sequel, whatever, a director, who would you want? I mean, I, I'm gonna have to go with my like with my oh, standby. <laughs> What's that? Oliver Stone. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> Michael Bay, obviously. Oh. No. Uh, Paul Verhoeven, I think, would do a good job with this. <laughs> what no, about I, Tim uh, Burton? Maybe a Tim Burton. Oh, no, no. <laughs> he would lean too much into the goofball alien shit. Yeah. And I love a Tim. I just rewatched Mars Attacks. It's great. But he Tim Burton would totally miss the point of a, yeah, of, a of a they still live. No, yeah. talking I'm, about I'm points. Like, a, like, like a Jordan Peele, though. But go ahead. Oh yeah. Ooh, a Jordan Peele would be great. Do you think that a crass commercialized sequel released directly to Amazon Prime streaming would actually be an additional <laughs> meta commentary on the themes of the original movie? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially if it costs money. You can't even stream it for free. Yes, you can't stream <laughs> oh. it for free. It's an additional it's an additional $25 charge for the first three months or whatever, oh, no. however long Disney works. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, Jeez. Disney! Because, you're Disney in us. Because <laughs> technically, like that that company Obey, you know, like that the you know mm -hmm. the, the hats and the shirts, like that that all came from this. And that guy said uh, his name is uh, Shepard Ferry, and he said that he got the name Obey from this movie because it was um, like a very strong message about the power of commercialism and the way that people are manipulated by advertising, which is weird because that is a multi-million dollar company uh the focus is on making sure people fall in line and obey uh yeah which is very very weird but yeah anyway go ahead Dylan. no that was it i just wanted to ask like could you make a meta commentary on the original movie and like do the subversion while also selling out in the spirit of the villains mm -hmm. in the original but yeah, yep, it's gotta have a it's gotta have a it's gotta have a McDonald's Happy Meal toy to some degree. Dennis, uh, Dennis, yeah, Dennis. it's gotta have it's gotta have some kind of uh, huge alien fight scene at the end that just gets blurred with most televisions. Um, but yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that if you put it in like IMAX theaters only and charge like a special thirty five dollar viewing just to make sure that it's three D in the best way, I think you can really, really get the people the you know the right way and get the real rich white people too. Let's let's go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now all I can Musk and Bezos and all of that. Yeah. All I can think about now is how much I want um, a McDonald's Happy Meal toy of one of those aliens. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so the weird thing is the, 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 the prop designer, um, he is the person who wore the mask. Like He dressed up as every single alien. If you ever see an alien on screen, this one alien, it is the same man who, even as women, he also wore pumps. But he thought that if the aliens all had roughly the same shape and the same thing, but like their costumes were different. So the same guy wore everything except for when there were scenes of like multiple, then like John Carpenter's wife, I think did it. Um, 
But I think one of the weirdest bit of uh, a trivia that I found out when researching this movie is in the scenes that they would film like the newsstand with in the black and white where they would do like the magazine just said obey whatever. Apparently some people would walk by that and like not extras, not people, the film crew <laughs> and literally look at it, pick one up, read a couple pages and ask to buy it. And it was just a white thing that just said purchase me obey that kind of stuff and a lot of people just look at it and kind of walk away some people wanted to buy it not one person complained about it which is very weird <laughs> and also another bit of information i found out which i thought was very cool is john carpenter wanted to pay as many homeless people to be in this movie as possible but so the way he did the way he saved some money was instead of buying black and white film you would normally just do for black and white scenes he actually bought color film at a reduced rate and bled the color out of it which is what gave all the aliens that weird kind of discolored <laughs> eyes accidentally, wow. which, he, which yeah. he did not mean to do because he was just going to save money, but it worked out very well. So break, breaking news, a development that just occurred literally like 15 minutes ago. We have had a charge filed against our channel from NBCU to block this video because of those clips that we played. We yeah. did it. <laughs> we did it. Wow. NBC found us. NBC found us. Uh, so anyway, NBC we're going to deal with that us. later. You'll probably wait and listen to this. <laughs> Well, at least it happened on the one that was streaming the good way page. but that's no i did i did upload something just in case mbc has something to say so please hold on a second you gonna pay for that or what look buddy i don't want no house today either pay for it or put it back Oh, so NBC, so NBC we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put that clip right back, and uh, we're not gonna pay for it. And I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no, it's all right, it's all right. I'll pay for it. Oh, <laughs> oh, you should put that right to Phil Better's Patreon account. <laughs> that was that was my original joke for this was that it was Phil's paycheck, but since oh. he's not here, <laughs> that, it worked out well then. <laughs> Damn. Oh, that's funny! Wow, we got flagged by NBC. <laughs> we, we got, we didn't get, we made it. We didn't get flagged last on, on Tuesday. We were showing clips it's, of uh, st- uh, what did we show? Cl- oh, the Flash trailer. Trailers. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know how much they protect trailers versus how much they protect this, but they got us on something. Yeah, that's a wow. Idea. I'll I'll edit it out. We did it. <laughs> I'll put a I'll put yeah. a filter on it. But yeah, at least NBC's static. watching. NBC now nobody's yeah, now nobody's watching this anymore because you got us turned off. Oh, we got we got <laughs> some people on Twitch. Yeah, we got oh, no, NBC not... recognition though. Okay, so we're still streaming. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're not turned off. We're just demonetized. Okay. Oh, oh no. no. Who cares? Yeah, but but we need like nine hundred more subscribers for that. Oh, yeah. Wait, <laughs> I've got I got an email from NBC. It's oh, read it. They, they like our boldness and they're offering us a job for podcasts. <laughs> they're telling us we can sell out for the low, low price of negative four million dollars. <laughs> uh, oh wow. Whatever. They they never know what fair use is. Anyway, back to the movie. Uh I don't know. I'm talking they, about this NBC thing. <laughs> yeah, sure. We can talk about NBC, but you know, they raid they raid ahead. a TV studio and shoot a bunch of aliens and then they shoot the receiver and they all die. That's kind of it. Like that's, that's the end of the movie. That's, it, that's yeah. it. Yeah. I think it's, it's such a, I think it's such a cool thing that that's like what you know because we are we are anti capitalism. We are anti um, advertising in this movie, and then the fact that it's a signal sent out that's like clouding everybody's view from the news station that's like telling us you know what they want us to hear. I think is is such a perfect way to end this movie and then he like the fact that they again they John Carpenter doesn't pussyfoot around he you know he has two main characters and he kills them both <laughs> like we're not we're not screwing around you know we don't get a scene of afterwards where Roddy Piper like slowly climbs out of the rubble because he made it through and that's one of those things that that would have happened in a lot of lesser movies. But we don't. We just, you know, Keith David gets shot in the back of the head. Roddy Piper, you know, dies doing what he set out to do. And end of movie. And it's perfect. 
Cut off everyone's 5G. <clears throat> Everyone's pissed. Impossible. We've all been injected with it. No, but then how would people get podcasts? Or COVID. <laughs> or COVID. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, that is uh that's kind of they live. I don't know. Anybody else anybody have any closing statements so, about this movie? Dylan, what was your like first viewing of this movie? Like, when did this movie catch young Dylan Perry? It was I had seen the South Park episode with the two kid comedians where they parodied the, sh- the fight scene frame for frame. Mm-hmm. And I looked up, I'm like, this feels, this feels like something. So I looked up the fight scene. I'm like, okay, cool. This, this is back in like, high school. <laughs> it's very clearly a reference to something. <laughs> and then we watched it in one of my intro to film classes in college. And I was like, Oh, you can make, you can do movies like this, huh? Cause it was, it was a little like, it was a little herky jerky. It was really bare bones. And there was something in it kind of like devil may care. I don't really give a shit if you like this movie quality mm-hmm. about it, which got me into John Carpenter and then confirmed that I wanted to like, you know, study film and stuff like that. And Zach, you found a little bit of trivia about the movie. Do you want to share? Oh, I found a lot of bit of trivia about this. Movie. Okay. But yeah, so uh, the, the obviously the aliens just notice they always, but the planet they're from is on Andromedon. 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 That's a cool name. That's cool. Isn't it? It's, yeah. it's not. It's not Andromedon. Isn't it? Isn't that a, a, no. an actual galaxy? That's uh, Andromeda. 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 There we go. Okay. Yeah. No, um, but I found this movie, I found this, I was aware of this movie really young. I hadn't watched it until college and it became kind of a regular, just kind of like, I got to do something for 90 minutes. I'll throw it on in the background. You can kind of tune in to now if you've seen it more than once. Um, and as I kind of grew up and got some political stuff, I was like, oh, oh, this is how you can really (laughs) deliver a message in a movie without it being super preachy. It's very in your face, but it's not preachy about it. So it's it's a it's a it's an intersection of a lot of things that I like about the potential in movies. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm always a fan. I'm always a, like a fan of finding out why uh, certain movies are people's favorites. Um, and yeah, especially like a you know like a, a quick thinker like yourself, I was yeah. super interested in how this caught you. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. kind of how it is. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I don't have much else to say about it as far as like. You know, it's they live. Go watch yeah. it. Wait for the yeah. inevitable it's, cash grab follow up. It, it's a fun movie. To be honest with you, if you just watch it, it's a fun movie. I'll probably end up watching it again. Yeah, it's, it's a like really fun movie to watch. I do like he's originally from Denver, and that place uh, dried up. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, which is cool because <laughs> I've been I've time. been to Denver and it is. This is like dry. fourteen banks closed that week or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like fourteen banks up. closed last week. <laughs> yeah. No, I I just I dig this movie, man. I, I think you did a really good job, and uh, it, it's cool that this movie came out when it did because younger people, like at the time, like me, you know, when I watched, I was like, ah, aliens, this is cool. I want glasses, and I would care, you know, have glasses on, I would fake shotgun and talk about it. But uh, just knowing that the underlying message was to pay attention to you know homeless people and uh, don't don't feed into the the greedy uh rich organizations and uh think for yourself and and, and go outside the box uh and and that's cool that it wasn't like you said just bashed over your head it was it was cleverly like put into a very weird sci-fi over the top should have been b movie but is uh not it, it it's a classic like i i yeah Pick man, good job. Yeah, good job. Are we doing? Right do we still do reels? I haven't been we here do, in a while. <laughs> no, we do. We do reels. We do promotions. We do oh, okay. uh, shit talking if people aren't here, so you get to That's join true. in on it this week. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, let's just go clockwise around the circle. Zach, Nada, uh, reels, plugs, and uh, bad mouthing. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna get us a solid nine reels. Like I said, it, it it really caught me off guard with the actual message of it. Um, I, I I let it play silent for a very long time. Uh, nine nine hard, like just stamp nine reels. Uh, love this thing. 
Um, yeah, if you want to hear my voice uh, say very interesting words that Dylan writes, please check out Silicon Angels. Uh, you will not be upset about that whatsoever. Dylan, I have a lot of weird things going on, but on Tuesdays we do live shows where we just make up stories with each other. So if you want to help out with that, you can check us out on Twitch at Some Nobodies. Uh, but yeah. Uh, uh oh i forgot to mention uh if you are using a vpn though uh phil better would like everyone to use uh his vpn which is uh maple i think it's maple syrup vpn is what he's calling <laughs> it, it it is a little is bit serious slow. i'm surprised no. he hasn't got hit by uh msn for copyright oh, okay. copycatting their abbreviation yeah it's because he cleverly uses his own maple vpn uh, now, Maple VPN comes out of Ontario, <laughs> Canada, just so you know, and you can set your location to either uh, uh, Ontario, Canada or uh, uh, Ontario, Canada. The thing is that you can get things that can Canadians can have that United States people cannot have. So if, if you're looking to uh, uh, watch uh, Canadian tattoo makeovers hop on over to maple vpn and you can check out phil better's show uh you uh, can you can also <laughs> order the canadian specialty uh uh ketchup donuts um Ooh, which yep. yeah you don't know about if you're weird. from the united states but i tell in you canada is a huge thing when he does catch up to those donuts though he ravages those things <laughs> There's Jeez. the the weird thing is that there's like ketchup mixed in in the icing, but they're mm -hmm. also filled with ketchup. It's so much ketchup in those donuts. Yeah, which is weird because you would think it'd be tangy, but it's not. It is cloyingly sweet. It's like if tomato could make an icing. I don't understand it. Well, that you can... in Canada they make ketchup out of maple syrup. Oh, oh, makes that sense. makes so much yeah. more sense. Yeah, I've been ordering those ketchup donuts off of off of MSN for a a month now it's all i've been eating <laughs> right really phil, right. Phil, Batters is an phil Batters is an absolute piece of shit podcaster that's <laughs> <laughs> michael michael interject <laughs> right the phil shit. better sucks i hate it <laughs> Dude, phil, phil better talk so much trash on michael when he's not around but as soon as michael shows up he puts a tie on he's like oh michael i want to try i want to try to make you money a eh? come on come on a eh? i don't know how canadians speak i think it's a lot of a's at the end oh it's a I would, that's it it's, i it's would love to hear what Let phil had to say about me when i was sick but uh yeah. the audio version of last week's podcast never went up so um yeah. but uh but uh, he's, like, you, he's like, you know what I hate a boot, Michael? And I'm like, Phil, I don't want to hear, buddy. <laughs> I don't want to hear, buddy. Let, look, <laughs> I don't care what Phil has to say about me. I'm still going to plug his new um, his new podcast called A. And mm -hmm. it's just like, mm -hmm. you know, in Mars Attacks, where the aliens are like, ak, 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 ak. Mm -hmm. but it, this whole podcast is just an hour of him interviewing other Canadians. But they're just like, hey, a, 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 a. And the other, yeah. and the guest is like, hey, hey, hey. Well, it's interesting. The reason that started, I don't know if you, I don't know if you listened to episode one, but Phil actually had a person on his show, a, where they were going to go over uh, different letters of the alphabet, which is very stupid. I think in Canada, uh, they have two extra ones. One looks like an H, but it's like a circle around it. Um, but also, the weird thing is, is that the other podcaster thought Phil was on his show, so they kept asking each other, "What's up?" <laughs> And I tell you, you wouldn't think that's two hours of any kind of intriguing uh, audio, but uh, you'd be right. Flat out. Um, <laughs> Flat it's not out right. Yeah, it's okay, not so I'm done giving Phil and his uh, podcasts uh, some airtime. So um, <laughs> this movie. So you, but you can check out his new YouTube channel where it's Screw U.S., Canada's Mexico's hat now. And it's a long title, <laughs> but I tell you. He really goes over some really good uh, middle Mexican cuisine. <laughs> so they live um, is one of one of like my favorite movies. I love this kind of thing. Everybody knows that this is exactly my kind of movie. Um, I love Roddy Piper's performance in it. I love Keith David in anything. Um, I love John Carpenter's the way he does his thing the way he scores his stuff. Um, and he's one of the like inspirations of 
like I said, you know, he doesn't give a shit if you like his thing. He's going to make the thing that he wants to make. And that is the same way we do Jack Billings Presents Haunted Apartment Complex, where we (laughs) write stuff and we do not care if you like it or not. We're making stuff for us. We do think you're going to like it. But if you don't, whatever, it's not for everyone. Um, So check out Jack Billings Presents Haunted Apartment Complex. Um, And I'm going to also give this movie a nine. Uh, the, The pacing problem is the only thing that I have against this movie. It does feel like it drags a little bit. But uh, but otherwise, you know, it's a fun watch. It's a great movie. Check it out for sure. Um, Nine reels. Uh, I'm I just have one more thing to do. Um, Yeah, they totally bought it. Um, You can get me out of this uh, studio at any time. Thanks. Whoa. Oh, oh wow, he's really gone. I didn't do that. How'd he do that? Where'd he go? <laughs> Where'd he go? Oh, oh, okay, cool. No! <laughs> you, you ruined my thing. <laughs> you can follow up where Michael went on Phil Better's new podcast. They live up here now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Phil couldn't be here today because he's filming his autobiography called I Live. It's my journey to being a sellout billionaire. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, Dan, what are you thinking? Uh, I, I'm going to start off with my reels. I gave this, uh, I was originally going to give it a seven, but then I saw Roddy Roddy Piper and I give it an eight. So it bumped it up a little bit. Um, it's a fun movie. Like, I'll definitely watch it again. If it's on, I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to go find it. But if it's on, I have nothing to do, then I'll probably watch it. But yeah, it was, it was fun. It was a great movie. And, and plus, I was a huge wrestling fan back in the 80s. So there you go, yeah. brother. That's the wrong yeah. guy. There you yeah, go, right brother. On. They're all brothers. Where can we find you? Uh, DL Smokes, a.k.a. Dan Lovely. Uh, Oops Caught Me Smoking every Saturday night at 9 p.m. EST. And also, you can have uh, Bet That every Thursday night at 9 p.m. And, of course, you can catch me here now because uh, I'll be back for most of the episodes. Well, your movie's next. Bet that. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Bet yeah, that. training days. Next, so training days next, next Monday. So, yeah. I'll be here for that. All right. And before I go into my stuff, I want to shout out to the real boys who couldn't make it tonight. We've got Chris Harvey, stand-up comedian, very funny guy. He's also in music videos and stuff. He has a show, the Chris Plus Chris podcast. Go check that out. Got Jerry and Blaze at the Cloud Chronicles podcast. He also does Bet That with Dan Levely, who was here tonight. You can go check him out. Bet That! Bet That! Okay. (laughs) We need to record it so we can just put that on Oh, my God. You need to sample him for it. got justin wallace his new show is anime shenanigans where they talk about anime and undergo shenanigans uh it, you know it's in the title go check it out they also did carpool mm-hmm. shenanigans which i think is defunct which is yeah uh, i think that defunct. one's done anime done. shenanigans i don't <laughs> like anime and anime shenanigans is fun as hell that's a good <laughs> podcast and of course phil better the veritable anchor which we drag every week he's not here um <laughs> You can go check his stuff out at the Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast, Doc Dirty to Me, Podcaster Feel Better on Instagram, etc., etc. He's here fairly often, but he couldn't make it today because he is, of course, filming I Live, the story of a Canadian sellout. And my name is Dylan. Uh, I am also on all of the uh, Some Nobody stuff with Zach. We're doing Real Boys, Twitching Upstream on Tuesdays. We've got a bunch of pre-recorded stuff out, our audio dramas, Silicon Angel, CYOP Appeal, etc., and I'm giving this movie a nine, kind of for the same reason that Michael gave it a nine. Um, there are parts where it kind of drags. The last third feels a little aimless, where it's like, we got all the wacky stuff out of here. Like, we got all the wacky stuff on screen. The fight scene's done. The glasses are done. I guess we just raid a TV studio. So it's getting a nine from me, which is total between the four of us, about an 8.75, which I'm Mm. thrilled by because I hadn't seen this movie in a long time, and I am glad that it held up for new and uh, returning viewers. But otherwise, that's been The Real Boys. Our Monday shows, our regular shows, where we watch our favorite movies. Next week is Dan's number two, Training Day, which is a great movie, I remember. (laughs) Denzel and Ethan Hawke? Yes. And Andy Milanakis? Uh, (laughs) Anthony Milanakis? Andy Milanakis? He's not in it. <laughs> no, and King Kong, King and King Kong, Kong. yes, King Kong. King Kong, yeah. But uh, Friday, yeah. Friday, we're doing Dune. We are, yeah, Dune too. Oh. Yeah, second rank. Oh. Yeah. Dune, yeah. Uh, the is it new Dune one. or Dune? Which one? Dune, Dune. The eighties one is Dune. Dune. Stephen Lynch. Dune? 
Wait, are we watching Dude, Where's My Car? Dude, Where's My Car? I would much rather watch Dude, Where's My Car. If you want to hear Phil Better's review of They Live, you can find it on random uh, uh, hit flicks. Those little tiny uh, USB drive clip things. Uh, you can find those just randomly uh, behind a Circle K uh, if you rummage the trash can. Uh, no, wait, I just thought yeah. he put those on hit clips, which were the yeah, um, audio clips. single mm-hmm. like cassette tapes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Those little hit clips. Uh, okay. he, he, puts, he puts his podcast out on that one and just chucks reviews uh, at people. And no one has the hit clips machine anymore, so no one knows what they are. I don't uh, know. But I tell you, I, I, it's that guy's a marketing genius. Marketing yeah, I don't understand how he makes money doing this stuff, but yeah, <laughs> there it is. I guess we just have to put our our podcasts on microfiche and put them into uh, yeah. into like libraries and stuff. He's paid by alien yeah. overlords. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you, dude. Sense. I'm telling you, makes complete and sense. I think on that note, I think that's probably the best place to end this episode. And uh, yeah, real boys, you heard us. You know who we are. We'll be back uh, Friday and Monday. From here on out, feel better. Yeah. Sucks. <laughs> All right. I don't know what was going he, on here. Well, really everyone. Oh no! I was, sh- I was shooting uh, kisses. Okay. <laughs> Zach with the kiss guns. And on that note, we're gonna end the show. Bye, everyone. <laughs>